Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This week, I am inside the St. Louis Aquarium with Tammy Brown, who is the executive director of the aquarium. I'm really excited to be here. You were kind enough to give me a little tour. What a, what a wonderful place to have here in St. Louis. Tammy, tell me a little bit about the history of this. We opened December of 2019, which, you know, in hindsight, wasn't great timing with COVID <laughs> rolling right in there. Uh, we were open for 11 weeks and then shut down for 12 weeks. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was that new. You gave me a little bit of a tour. We rode the train, sort of quote unquote train. Yes. That was fun, though. John Goodman doing the voice and we're actually go underwater and in the sky on that thing. Uh, that's a neat thing for people to be able to do. It's a great transition from, uh, we really celebrate the history of the train shed at the very beginning of your aquarium tour, and then that train ride sort of transitions you from your history mentality right into, okay, now we're ready to visit the aquarium. Now we're underwater. Right, exactly. <laughs> Give me some highlights of this place. You know, it's, you said four years old. What are some of the things that you are proud of so far? Well, we're proud of all of it. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, what differentiates us is that we are, what we say, we're very high-tech and high-touch. So you'll see lots of technology throughout, games that you can play that help you to understand your role in taking care of the environment, for example. Um, or we have high-touch. So we have lots of touch pools where you can interact with a stingray or a moon jelly. Um, but then high-touch also means we have team members out there doing presentations for you and um, opportunities to feed some of our animals. So it's a lot of interaction all the way through your experience here. Well, let's talk about some of the things that we saw in terms of exhibits. There was one, uh, I think it was called Confluence, which is about the creatures that live in the water in the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers, I'm assuming. Um, tell me a little bit about that project. Yeah, so we are very proud to be able to show what's uh, in our own backyard and, and, as I say, what you could see in the Mississippi if it weren't so darn muddy. Um, so we have our paddlefish, which is actually Missouri's uh, official aquatic animal, and that is a filter feeder, and it's really fascinating to see when they eat. Their mouth opens so wide you can see the structure of their jaw as they swim through the water and, and get their little teeny food. Um, and we also have the channel catfish, which is the official fish of Missouri. So you'll see all kinds of native species in that habitat. We also went above the Shark Canyon and then actually went down uh, below where it is. So I uh, got a little sneak preview of what it's like in there from above. Oh, you could just sit there for hours. I could anyway, watching the sharks and the other 
the other creatures uh, swimming around. Uh, I'm Shark Week's coming up. This is a big popular week, you know, during the year, I'm sure. Does that get more attention here when it's Shark Week? Oh, absolutely. We're always really happy to feature our shark species. We have seven different sharks in our um, Shark Canyon habitat. I should say seven different species of sharks in our Shark Canyon habitat. Um, Shark Week does certainly shine a light on these animals. We really want to spend some time making sure that um, everyone understands that sharks are not these crazy attacking machines that they're portrayed to be in everything from Jaws the movie up to Sharknado, <laughs> which oh, yeah. is not one of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, but, you know, that that um, honestly, the we have less to fear from sharks than sharks do from humans because the rate at which uh, our shark populations are, are declining is actually very alarming, and that's due to human interference. I think I saw a sign in the Shark Canyon that said you're five times more likely to be attacked by a cow than a shark. <laughs> that is accurate. You're also more likely to die from a coconut falling from a tree than from a shark. <laughs> That's good to know. Well, there were a couple of sea turtles in the Shark Canyon with the sharks. How does that work? <laughs> well, a lot of people ask that. So sharks are actually really opportunistic eaters, and they wait until they get really hungry before they hunt. So uh, that can be a week to even a week and a half before they would hunt animals. So in our shark habitat, we offer them food three times a week, and we're not overfeeding them so much as stretching it out. I like to say it's like eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner instead of just waiting the whole day until you're really hungry and then eating a giant um, all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> <laughs> a sea turtle. Right, exactly. Now, tell me about the sea turtles, though. They, they both have interesting stories. Yes, so both of our sea turtles came to us from the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. Both had been hit by boats at different times and had been rescued and spent two to three years at the Georgia Sea Tur Turtle Center being rehabbed. Um, one tsunami was hit in her jaw, and so we actually have to do physical therapy on her jaw every three or so weeks to keep that range of motion so she can eat. And the other, Quasi, was hit in her backside, and her rear legs are paralyzed. So we have to put a weight on her shell so that she can swim and dive effectively. So neither one, unfortunately, could be released back out into the ocean, but we were so happy to welcome them here at the aquarium for the rest of their lives for that special care they need. Special care. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, part of the mission, I assume, of the aquarium is to do things like that, like save the sea turtles. And So what, what kinds of efforts do you have besides the sea turtles here that kind of stand out? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we are a very young organization, so we are just really um, starting to embark on a conservation program to um, help an animal population. What we have been working on up until now is really environmental messaging. So we live uh, in a landlocked state. There's no ocean near us, but the Mississippi River, of course, flows, guess where, right into the Gulf of Mexico. So anything we do here that impacts the river actually has an impact on oceans. And so we spend time just saying, if you can reduce the use of single-use plastics, like a plastic bag or a straw, in the long run, you are helping these amazing animals, both in our rivers and in our oceans. You had mentioned when we were walking through the coral exhibit that you were growing it and then 
we'll share it with other aquariums. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So coral is, um, of course, one of the species that um, overall species that are uh, very endangered right now. They're having a hard time. And so all the aquariums, if you have coral, um, it is from another aquarium. It is not taken out of the reefs. How about scientific research? Is there research going on here? There is. As a matter of fact, we have just started a research project um, with the Mobula rays. So it's one of, um, their, or lesser devil rays. We are one of, as far as we know, only three aquariums in the nation that have Mobula rays in our care. And so we have started a research project with those other aquariums to make sure that we are all giving the best possible care that we can. Since you are so new, why is there an aquarium in St. Louis? Just what what prompted it to happen? Well, uh, from what I understand, the vision was that um, Union Station, the hotel, had been purchased and rehabbed, and it looks absolutely beautiful. And then there was this huge train shed area, and there was a lot of discussion about what to do back here. What sh- what should we present? It was a mall at the time, and. Um, discussion really pointed to the fact that St. Louis was the largest city without an independent aquarium, so an aquarium that's not affiliated with a zoo or something. And really that was ended up being the focus for the redevelopment here was to bring an independent aquarium to the people of St. Louis and be able to present that. Well, it's pretty brilliant to have an aquarium in a building like this. Uh, Union Station is one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. In terms of a building, it is incredible. Thank you. Now, you were telling me that you've incorporated Union Station into the aquarium. How did you do that? Yes, so when you first walk into the aquarium, it feels like you've walked into an old train station. So you have the grand lobby uh, where you would catch the trains, and there is a video series on the ceiling of the grand lobby of the first habitat that you see is in the shape of the grand clock that's on the clock tower of the original structure. And um, we really just spent a lot of time trying to celebrate the history of being in this beautiful building. Yeah, and the clock, you said, works? It does work. (laughs) It does not look like your average clock. (laughs) It does not. If you have to be down to the second (laughs) accurate time, I wouldn't set your watch by it, but it does work. Some of the other uh, things that we kind of saw, laughed about, was that one of them was the Goliath grouper. That fish, you said that he's about 100 pounds right now, but he could be five or 600 pounds? Yes, he will grow to be the largest thing by far in our Shark Canyon, and um, he sort of looks like a giant rock with fins, <laughs> but yes, he's, he's a big, big guy. How does one become the executive director of an aquarium? (laughs) What is your background? You get very lucky is the answer. Um, So my background is actually in museums, operating fundraising marketing with museums, and I had my first opportunity to open a brand new aquarium in a historic building when I was in Cleveland, and the Cleveland Aquarium there. And um, thankfully our biology team was really, really patient with my stupid questions about the animals, and I just learned so much about the animals and the environmental mission. It really has become a passion for me. So when the opportunity came to open the St. Louis Aquarium in a historic building, I really jumped at the opportunity. So tell me about Tommy. 
Tommy is this amazing uh, animated otter who will educate you about otters, North American river otters specifically. The fun thing is that Tommy can um, interact directly with you. It's not just a cartoon. And so uh, one of my favorite things is when a show starts and he comes out and our guests are ready to just watch a cartoon. Um, and Tommy will say, hey, you in the kind of tan hat there, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? And all of a sudden the guests realize, oh, wait, he can see us. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of takes off from there. Tommy's got a lot of snark to him and he makes it a really fun interaction yeah he was like uh, a couple people got up and he's like where are you going exactly <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's really neat it's like uh the great and powerful oz somewhere there's a curtain <laughs> there's a curtain and somebody's moving the levers i mean it's it's really an ingenious idea because he's in, you, he is interacting with the audience that's sitting there uh tell me about some upcoming things here at the aquarium we have something that should be open um any time now, which is our new ranger station. It will feature some of our uh, native habitats, um, everything that would be near a river. So everything from box turtles to newts to tree frogs. And we will also have a team member there um, introducing those animals so that our guests can interact and discover more about what you would find on a riverbed. And how about uh, interaction with the community? What, what are some of the things that the aquarium does in the community? Yeah, so uh, we just last September launched an outreach program. So our education team has been going out to everything from libraries to children's hospitals to schools um, to do out, present outreach programs. And sometimes they also include some animals. Um, so if you can't make it to us, we can sometimes come to your organization. Um, we also do have, with our foundation, we do river cleanups. So you will find us at least once a month um, over at Mural Mile, um, cleaning up the river side and kind of, you know, putting the walk in the talk, uh, doing what we say we should do and making sure that those items don't get into the Mississippi and then flow right into the Gulf of Mexico. Thinking bigger picture, uh, you know, like five years down the road, I'm sure the aquarium has a long-term plan. What are some of the thoughts there? Uh, we see an opportunity to really work with some of the water stewardship partners to amplify their voices. So th these amazing organizations are out there doing everything from getting people onto the river so they can experience paddling uh, the mighty Mississippi to their own cleanups and water stewardship. Um, but what maybe they don't have is the reach and the voice that the aquarium has. So we're looking at how we can build a more powerful water stewardship community. That's one of our key focuses. Uh, Tammy Brown, the executive director of the St. Louis Aquarium, thanks so much for your time and for giving me a tour of this place. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm so glad you came to visit. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.